Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. It is the 4th of July special that you all are hoping for, or were hoping for, are hoping for, that you know and love. My good friend uh, Travis Crins joining me here. Travis, let me be among the first and the last to wish you a happy 4th of July. Thank you, the first. Thank you. Good. Good. Um, uh, happy birthday to everybody. In honor of the, uh, it's a great, t- it's absolutely fantastic that the 4th of July is this week, because I'm going to go off uh, during the podcast here. Um, do you hate the NBA? Do you hate the NBA with all your being? Yes. Yes, I do. specific. Uh, do you want that? So the fuse can go off. The fuse can go. Yes, yes. The fuse can go off at any time. Would you like us to just start with that? That firework cracking? Do you want the firework to go I mean, off now or later? Yeah, let's go. This is your week. May, may, may I say, before we get all angry and shit, uh, the, the Angels pitcher, Tyler Skate, Yeah, okay. On Monday. We don't know what happened. He's only 27, soon to be 28 uh, in a week or two. So they don't know what happened. Uh, they were going to play Texas today in Texas that got uh, postponed. He only yep. pitched a couple days ago. He started with the Angels. He was traded uh, to Arizona, and then they traded him back. A few years later, he was a prospect of some note. He had a, had a decent career, but probably never lived up to, uh, to expectations at times. He was a good pitcher, and it just, uh, I just got done talking to a guy like Ken Murfield. It seems like baseball has this happen more than any other sport. Yes. These guys, these guys that, whether it's a car accident or boating, a boating accident, accident, yep. You know, uh, these the things that, you know, these, these unexpected people dying before they're 30. Um, Daryl, well, it seems like more violence or car accidents. Yeah. Um, well, maybe is it because they have more free time on their hands? I don't know. I just. Know. It's like this. It happened in a hotel room. Oh. Uh, we don't know what happened yet. Um, all the different it's it's things. It's ordinary everyday things. Yeah. Uh, one boy was hit by a drunk driver. It's just things that happen. Wrong yeah. place, wrong time. There's no reason. So I want to see maybe maybe there's something wrong with them. No heart attack, brain aneurysm, who knows what it ends up being, but um, I, I, it seems like it happened in baseball more than any other. Yeah, yep, and especially to, like, pitchers, you know, Daryl Kyle of the, you know, the Cardinals, you we just talked about Jose Fernandez, the boating accident with the Marlins, and, yeah, it's, yeah, I, you know, my, I, I, I can, I'm not going to go off right now, the fuse, we can set aside that, we'll just talk some baseball here, um, and, yeah, th- I mean, this situation's so sad, when I first heard of it, I, I hate that my mind went there, but the first thing I think of is that he committed suicide. And I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I, I, I hope no. it's, uh, it's uh, you know, medical, medical issue. issue. You, know, you know, he died in his sleep or something like that. But when you hear about someone so young and stuff and in the hotel room, I'm sorry, I just kind of, that's where the mind goes a little bit. So I hope that's not the case. Uh, as you mentioned, Monday's Angels-Rangers game has been postponed. And, yeah, yeah it just – it's a sucky situation all the way around. And the Angels uh, just had to go through this recently, too, a, a couple years ago, if I recall correctly. Uh, right? Didn't they have another one? Of- it was 10 years ago. It was Nick Aidenhart. Oh, yeah. Not, not a few years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. But you're right. um yeah, I, I looked up the list of guys who died uh, in season, and he was the one that died because of a drunk driver. He was a 
Like he had just pitched his first game just a few days before that. Well, yeah, Angels seems like it's happened with the Angels a few times. There was a bad boating accident with uh, the Indians. Uh, they had three players die, so three coaches or three team members in 1993. Yep. So yeah, it uh, seems like it's happened happened more often than uh, in other sports. Yeah. And so. and you'd hate to be the guy that when they got to fill this roster spot with somebody. Oh yes. Well, you'd hate to be you know, somebody making a major league debut and oh, how you get called up while well, this guy died, you know? Yeah. But, but you have to do it, so we'll see what happens with the spot. We'll see uh, how they do with the rest of the year. Yeah, it's a very sucky situation all the way around. So our thoughts with the with the Angels and uh, of course, you know, the the family of uh, Tyler Skaggs. That's just awful story awful story i don't know how really there there's no good way crins to transition into that or into the rest of the, the show but uh let's talk some baseball here uh the twins mm, an average week three and three but they played an epic uh not epic but uh they played an 18 inning game that was uh that was something all right yeah another long game well, against tampa bay there and an hour rain delay to start it off and how it happened? Two two in the second. We were at two two in the eighteenth. Yep. So, I mean, bullpen did well. They did. Um, rain the pitchers of Tampa Bay. I think they had the best ERA. And I mean, they, they were just good. Um, but the one two three Tampa lost uh, two and three from Chicago. Uh, Saturday was a good day. Nelson Cruz had goddamn monster shot. <laughs> yes, he did over the cameras in center Jeez, field. <laughs> That was uh, impressive. Kepler had a couple. Sano had three home runs over the weekend, so people were on his ass. Um, he's hitting under 200, so he finally uh, bought himself some time with three home runs. So that was nice to see. So, yeah, Sano is a positive. Um, get some guys back. Buxton's back. Kepler's got his elbow. I'm sure he would like to would have him sit out another day or two, but. At 18th inning game, and uh, well, the Rosario got hurt. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be out through the All Star break, probably. After the break, so we'll get a severe ankle uh, sprain there. So injuries are piling up. Carlos Gonzalez, he's back, so I got some depth right there. So yeah, it's kind of strolling through the season up there at uh, the Angels or at the uh, at Oakland. Yep. Take take two or three so they don't uh, lose. Have their first losing road trip of the season. I want to, I you know what if they go three and three, four and three during the the week, that's fine. But I want to go back to like the the four and twos, the five and twos. Let let let's keep rattling those off here. It's just they're getting average. And again, I'm one of those people that just I don't like how things are going. I want to see them go after someone, whether that be a Strowman or you know. Like even last week, the the you know on PTI they said would the Twins be the team to beat in the AL with Madison Bumgarner? I'm like that's a really stupid question. The answer is no. Um, but you know just they're they're mentioning them. Just come on, let's let's do something here. I my finger it's it's getting itchy here. They I pull the trigger on a trade. You, were, you, we, you went to college, correct? We went to college. I, I think so. It was a very long time ago, but uh, yes. Yes, we did. If they, if, they, if they gave you an assignment stack and said it's due at the end, you can turn it in any time. 
when it's due, it's due at the end of the semester. You can turn it in next week. You can turn it in whenever. Are you gonna Are you gonna turn it in sooner? Or are you gonna wait until the end of the semester to turn it in? I would probably turn it in sooner than later, because then I don't have to worry about it at the end. Well, here's the twins. The deadline, <laughs> you know, the deadline's a month from now. They're gonna wait until then. And the thing about it is, I don't throwing pictures. For me, if it's not a necessity, I think bullpen, bullpen is, bullpen is number one for me. If they don't get a starting pitcher, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yep. I, um, yeah. I think they're going to get a bullpen guy. I, at the top of my list, another Giants guy, Will Smith, white guy, he's a lefty. He is who I would prefer. So get him, get another guy. Get two yeah. relievers to, yep. to have that depth. Starting pitchers... Baumgartner and Stroman, those are the two guys. Other than that, I'm not aware of anybody else. So it's really a two-guy race. There's nobody else that I know. Washington's not going to make, you know, Scherzer out there. You know, they get a massive uh, load for him can, for a Washington team that seems to be going nowhere. Can we put, just so, pause right there? What Scherzer did in June was sensational. Only a handful of pitchers have ever gone 6-0 and with 60-plus strikeouts and an ERA under one. And he does this with a broken nose. Like for like, this is an ultimate tough guy when it comes to baseball. Considering he broke his nose following a pitch off, and you know what, they, they go on the 15 day DL for slipping in the bathtub, or you know some stupid. Oh, I, you know, like cut myself while I was making beef stew and stuff. Like, I mean, come on, folks. You know, we're going on the 15 day DL for a blister. Here's this guy pitching the day after with a broken nose, and he's just had a lights out June. Let's give Max Scherzer the credit that he is earned, has earned, and is due. Uh, not that we didn't know he was already a fantastic pitcher, but this puts him in a whole different level. He would be my Cy Young Award winner right now. I mean, the best pitcher in the National League. So, I mean, I would trade him. He's owed, he's owed a ton of money, and a lot of that is deferred money, not Bobby Bonilla as far as links, but <laughs> something like, you know, $15 million for four or five years. It's, it's like a good chunk of money up, up, up until the next eight, seven, eight years. So. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day I mean, to you, by the way. I mean, he's a genius. Bobby Bonilla's great. I guess Chris Davis, I think, for uh, Baltimore, he's got some Bonilla-type payments. And like uh, your buddy Trey Wingo, if you want to check his Twitter account. Yep. Trey Wingo had some stats and some deferred payments that are upcoming. But, like, Washington, they should have traded Bryce Harper last year for something, and they didn't. And they got Max Scherzer for the next couple of years. Like, trade him now. I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for. I know they're still in there in the race, I mean, they're making the playoffs, but. Oh, I. Look, that NL wild card, Krenz, is wide open. Let's. I know it is. Let, let's not. not I, I think that, you know, we've got the Braves. I think, you know, they're there. Dodgers are there. The Phillies stink right I, now. I would take the Nationals to have a better record right now than the Phillies would at the end of the season. I, I'm i telling you right now, I, I think the Nationals, they have a they have a good chance to get in the playoffs here. Let's, let's not sleep on them and just say that their I season's trade, done. I would trade Scherzer for something because... I don't think they're going to do anything of notes. I think Brewers and Cubs are going to make it, and we'll see what happens with the Cardinals or anybody else. Yeah, I, I would, I would trade them. And I guess everybody thought NL East would be the best division. 
and it hasn't been. The, the the most competitive division is the NL Central. All five teams are separated yeah. by five and a half games. That's wild. I think every other division, those, I think that's decided. I think every other division, whoever's at top now will be winning that division in yep. three months. So. Yep. I think that's a, that's a good assessment there. Anything else from the week in baseball that really uh, caught your attention? Teams in London. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. How could I forget that? Yes. So many runs. I didn't see a lot of it. I was paying attention to it. Six to six after the first inning. I don't know why. Why this happened, but I mean, there were a lot of runs. So, good for the people over there to watch. To center field was 385. Come on. (laughs) It seemed odd because this was maybe the first time they've done it. It seemed like a bigger deal than the football. At least, we, at least because they're going to do with the Cubs and Cardinals next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's a lot of games. They're sending like, the and, best teams over there and not the stupid Jacksonville Jaguars. And that helps tremendously when you send the best teams and the biggest rivalries, two biggest rivalries baseball has, they're sending over there. So that's a whole lot better than, you know, Vikings-Steelers and all the other games that we've seen for like, two, like 15 years now, it seems like over in England. So, I, thought, I thought the baseball was fun, something different. Yep. Baseball usually doesn't do this, especially in season. They go to Mexico for a game or Puerto Rico, but they go that far away. That's quite um, interesting. And Max Kepler probably should. I, did, I didn't go through the list like I have done to select my all-star team before it comes out. Yep. Well, I, I, I have a whole lot of complaints for the All-Star so I can't sit here and say that this guy should have made it but like Kepler should probably he was kind of the one snub Rosario uh, snubbed Barrio snubbed yeah but there's a lot of guys you look at it's like well who the hell do you take off and Austin Meadows for Tampa might be that guy but he's had a very good year and you look at the pitchers I don't think Barrio should have made it last year um Odorizzi, I may, I may put him in over Odorizzi. Odorizzi's last handful of starts have not been good. Right. Um, Brios, he gave up six runs, but he needed to go as long as he could have the other day. Apparently there's a new voting format, too, for the All-Star game. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. I don't think the the majority of the national media was aware of this. Uh, were you aware of it, and what did you make of the, the changes, whatever those changes were? Yeah. Well, they took, like, the top three the week before, and then, all right, here's the top three. Now let's keep on voting. All right, I think they restarted the vote or whatever they did. But there's another thing in the process to maybe get some more attention to it, get more people to vote. And it was fine, I think. I had too many complaints uh, about it. Um, Trout was the top vote-getter. Oh, what a shock. Uh, yeah. Like, he won't do the, he's not going to do a home run derby. Like, I, I'm sure he doesn't give a shit what people think about him. And by all means, he can be the greatest ever, but obviously nobody watches him or cares. Like, one of these things, like, what I forgot about, but Bryce Harper did it last year, home run derby, and I guess he kicked ass in Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's in Cleveland, so maybe he'll do it once in Philadelphia in a few years, but it just seemed like back in the day. Griffey and Tosin and McGuire, all the guys, they were in the home run derby. Yep. 
and slam dunk. Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter, all the guys, they win a slam dunk contest. Yep. And I was like, uh, Zion Williamson says he's not going to do it. LeBron never did it. Like, like, what's the negative? If you lose, big fucking deal. It well, doesn't matter. You're the it, biggest star there is. Do you think social media... I don't know. Uh, I, it's like, who cares? If, I, if I'm LeBron James, I don't give a shit what some fucker on Twitter no, no, tells me. No, no. Well... And you can go that route, too, and I understand that. I'm wondering, though, like, the social media aspect of it in terms of we see these guys do some ridiculous dunks in practice or, you know, hit monster bombs and, you know, and, and BP and stuff. So people know this. It It's not like it's completely unexpected or, oh, like, awe-inspiring and anything like that. Do you think that has something to do with it? Just, like, the aura of it is, is diminished because we don't need to – we see this on – online all the time now I guarantee you Zion Williamson does that dunk contest next year if he wins or not which he probably would we'd remember that oh yes yes we I would don't, I, I didn't watch it this year I don't have a clue do you got a clue who won it this year I don't remember I don't remember not a clue I remember Zach I Levine won it a couple of years ago and he was pretty good, wasn't he? He was. He was him, him and Aaron Gordon. They put on a show. The only reason I remember right. Zach Levine, though, is because he, he was a Timberwolf at the time. So it mattered right. more to me. I still didn't watch, but I remember he won. I think if you're Zion, why not do it? What's the negative? LeBron, I saw him do a dunk contest in high school. It was amazing. He never did it. So I don't know why. Like, Mike Trout, he didn't do it. Um... Someone like uh, Shane Otani, Shohei Otani, and it, that'd be great to have him in the mm-hmm. on contest. It's definitely deserving. So if you got three spots left, uh, Yelich is going to be in there, Peter Longo for the Mets, uh, Guerrero's going to be in there. So they've got a few guys, but I don't know what it is that this generation doesn't do it, but those other guys did. Um, it's just like Jordan, Michael Jordan never missed a game. His last six years with the Bulls, he never missed a game. Right. So where the hell, when the hell did we start resting guys and we're resting for the playoffs? When the money became bigger. That and then when he was uh, he was the biggest star, making thirty million a year mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And Greg Popovich, he'll sit guys. And my, uh, like he can do that. And all the uh, Celtics when they had all the old guys, they would sit Garnett and Ray Allen, all these guys. Like, like when when did that start? Like Jordan never did that, and I don't remember these guys doing resting. Yeah. For fuck's sake, resting. You're a basketball player. Like, wouldn't that be something if LeBron comes to your town once once a year? And, yep. All right, we're getting. It's our one chance to see LeBron here in Minneapolis or wherever or Denver, and here he comes and he's not hurt. He is resting today. Yep. Well, crap. I wanted to see the greatest of all time, and he is resting today. Well, okay. Yeah, well, I don't get it. They, they say whatever. they talk about hockey players too, like oh, hockey players only play twenty minutes. You know, these basketball players play like forty eight. Try putting on hockey, like try putting on a pair of skates, going out on the ice, going as fast as they are, deking as much. You're put, you're going to put up a hell of a lot more like energy. Uh, like it, it's far more taxing than it is running up and down a court. And even then, they just kind of slow play it sometimes. So give me a break on that. Um. By the way, Baltimore Orioles, Major League history over the weekend. 
first time ever that they that back-to-back shutouts recorded when scoring 10-plus runs or more, or is it 13-plus? Either way, they beat Cleveland 13-0 Friday night, 13-0 Saturday, in a season gone horribly wrong for Baltimore, hashtag as expected. They have at least that. Major League history, first team ever to do that. Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles. Yep. Never happened. Never happened. So. Impressive. Yeah, Cleveland had their ass kicked this weekend. Anything else baseball related? Uh, yeah, not really. All right. Do you want this fuse to go off now? Go nuts. <laughs> okay. So, you know, this whole AD, you know, Anthony Davis getting traded from the Pelicans to the Lakers. Uh, yeah, that's fine. A whole bunch of players, all this stuff. Well, then. You know, if we find out that Rob Palenka, the GM, whom, you know, obviously there's some friction between him and Magic Johnson, uh, I, he didn't understand the salary cap or, you know, the Lakers didn't do it. So they tried to rework this Anthony Davis trade to free up more cap space so that they could go after a a third big-time player, you know, another super get a super max contract. I don't know of another sport, Krenz, where you would actively take someone else's trash in order to give them an opportunity to be really, really good. And, I mean, it's essentially... I I, I just hate... This is another, just another reason why I hate the NBA. Absolutely despise it. And I, and I said it at the time. I said, who's going to be that dumb team that says, hey, you know, Lakers, we'll take uh, you know, uh, Mo Wagner and some... The old guy of no Yes! Like, who the hell are these other guys? And sure enough, wouldn't you freaking know it, but this dumpster fire in Washington, D.C., the basketball team known as the freaking Wizards, they take it, free up this space, so there's $32 million for the Lakers to go sign one. Now, fortunately, at least as of now, they have not gotten anyone, you know, like, of, of no, they just signed a Troy Daniels here on Monday, so now they have four active players on their roster. Four. But just for them now, to, they had the they have the opportunity to sign Kawhi Leonard. Why would you do that? You may as, you're just setting fire to the season. Like, hey, screw all y'all. You know, <laughs> fuck all y'all. We're not gonna even. We don't care about this season anymore. You're screwed. Just give the Lakers the Larry O'B trophy and let's be done with it. Like, there's no reason to play the season if Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James are on the same team. There's no one's going to beat them. So why would you do that? It just, it makes no sense to me why you would make another team so far superior than the rest. You have no chance. How can you sell that to your fans? Like, hey guys, we're really trying this year. That's why we took all these stupid, you know, terrible players from the Lakers so that they could get enough money to offer a Supermax to Kawhi Leonard and now they have the super team. You may as well call them the freaking dream team because they're going to roll through everyone. Hey, but here, you know, let's charge you $100 a ticket to go watch our shitty squad who we don't even have John Wall or, you know, Bradley Beal. Who cares? Like, this is just garbage. Washington, D.C., the Washington Wizards, to hell with them, to hell with the NBA for this stupid process in general. I hate it. I just, like, 
I pray that it does not happen, that the Lakers don't get Kawhi Leonard, that I, I hope he stays in Toronto. I really hope he does. I think he will. But just why would you even have the possibility of the Lakers being able to do this or any other team? It doesn't have to be just the Lakers. It could be any team. It's like if someone took Chris Paul's three-year, $124 million contract. Why? Why would you do that? You're just setting fire to money for a guy who's past his prime and not going to do anything for you. Why the hell would you do that? So, to hell with you, NBA. To hell with you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how's that rant? Well, they did get a second-round pick from the Lakers. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Jeez. Oh, at least, oh, boy, we could sell that draft capital that we can use, you know, in 2022 on some, you know, I don't know, some guy from, uh, you know, third street from Georgetown. No, that's going to make a hell of a lot of difference. Like, you're not surprised this happened because we talked about it last week. Right. like, don't don't do this. Nobody do this. And what happens? They do this. But you know what's gonna happen. You, didn't you? You, you knew what was gonna happen. You knew exactly. We knew it was gonna happen. It's just a matter of why would you do that? Why? I mean, there's no incentive for Washington to do that. The other thing they keep. I don't know if I'm dumb here or what. They keep on saying from all the stories I read. They keep on saying thirty-two million dollars, right? Yep. Now, okay, they they need thirty-two million. And they can offer that to, to Kawhi Leonard or whatever the hell. I don't know if that's the max they can give him or what. But um, right now, since they've only got like three dudes on the roster, four dudes on the roster. Um, yeah, they just got their fourth player on Monday, and that's Troy Daniels. <laughs> so, are, like, do you agree with me? Maybe you're not quite as passionate about it as I am, but do you agree this is really stupid, right? I, 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 mean, I wouldn't have done that. If I'm Washington, I don't need Mo Wagner and these other two guys in a second But I, I'm not. It's just not Washington. It would be any team. I would ridicule I know, I any don't. team. You know, the Denver Nuggets, the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks, the 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 Portland Trailblazers. Whoever would do this? It's just stupid. Yeah, it's, it's not a smart move. The NBA's got a minimum salary, so that's good. You have, can't be like the Royals or the Marlins and have like a thirty million dollar payroll. You have a minimum salary, so that helps. Yep. You also have a, you also have the luxury tax, 123 million. You can't go over 123 million. Right now, the Lakers have 73 million, which leaves them with like 59 million or so. Um, so they've got like 60 million to spend here because they've got need, if, if, if they get Kawhi Leonard, then they need eight other guys here, seven or eight other guys. And they need to get that other sixty million or thirty million to spend on these other guys that they're going to get. So I have a hard time thinking we're going to go through this entire process, and the Lakers are not going to get Kawhi Leonard. Like everybody else has done, everybody that's going to make a difference has been fine. It's very quick. It's all done. Yep. Within a day or two, and he's the one guy out there, and it's probably going to be a couple days until he makes his decision. I hope he stays with Toronto. If he stays with Toronto, or I don't think he's going to the Clippers. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They don't have anybody to team him up with. Oh, Patrick I Beverly begs to differ. Yeah. yeah. Well, Beverly, poop on him. The Beverly Hills. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I, I don't know where else he's going to go. Like Dallas. I'd be fun if he went to Dallas. But 
I, it seems like it's the Lakers or Toronto. And if he goes to the Lakers, then we have another situation of one team that is much better than everybody else and barring injuries should win the title. But if you say it's with Toronto, I mean, then we have, for the first time in a long, long time, we go into the season where I think the Lakers should be good if they've got those two guys and they stay healthy, and Golden State should still be good, and Houston should be there, and you've got Denver and Portland snaking in the bushes, and I really like what no one has done. You know, yes. teams in the heat. But Boston and Philadelphia came within a bounce and taken down Toronto. It's not like Toronto whipped up on everybody. They were down 2 nothing to Milwaukee, and they needed the game seven to beat Philadelphia. And uh, you, you've got, maybe legitimately for the first time in many years, you can make the case for five or six teams, like three or four in each conference, and say, I could see Milwaukee winning it. I could see Boston doing it. I could see... The Rockets or Golden State, but isn't the only the right? Isn't the only reason why it's so wide open this year, though, because of the injuries to Golden State and the fact that KD, you know, has left now for Brooklyn. I mean, it, and so that's the big. So okay, so that that was the firework can that it, that it, blew up. And we need Kawhi Leonard. And we need Kawhi Leonard to not go to the Lakers. If right. He goes there. Yes. But, right. But again, he probably <laughs> has a better. If he goes to the Lakers. And that's probably the smart move if you want to win a title. Like, he did it in Toronto. But a lot of those guys that think in Toronto are free agents at the end of next year. So it might be, uh, well, like, who the hell is going to Toronto? Well, uh, who you the know, hell is going to Toronto? Marcus Saul has re-signed, I think. Like, but he's not young. He's like, what, 35? Yeah, but Siakam's going to re-sign with him. Lowry will re-sign. Danny Green, I think, will re-sign. Danny Green's waiting for Kawhi to make a decision. If Leonard, si- if Kawhi signs, then then Danny Green's going to si- re-sign with Toronto. Um, so, I mean, I don't see right. a lot of... I don't, between the Lakers and the Raptors, I don't see a lot in the Raptors' favor. How, if you're Adam Silver, can you spin this... like? Sell it to me as a Timberwolves fan because, well, I guess uh, right now, sell me the Timberwolves because <laughs> is there even a professional basketball team in Minnesota that's not that's playing in the National Basketball Association, not the WNBA, just the, like the NBA? I I beg to differ if there is one. Um, right, I'll, I did just see Jordan Bell. Dun, dun 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 Breaking news: Jordan Bell to the Timberwolves. That's great. That's great. Um, what? This is the same Jordan Bell that was with the Warriors, right? That played yeah. that that played at, at at Oregon, right? Yeah, that's a good. I like that one, but you know, it's it pales to the, the D'Angelo Russell thing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. So that, that was my whole. I don't know why. I guess him and Towns are buddies. I don't know why that was a thing, like why you would want to go to Minnesota. But if you would have gotten him, like, all right, that's that piques my interest a bit. Yes, yes, and they, they they take him on a helicopter ride in California. Why? What is this? And then he, and then he goes to the goal. He goes to Golden State. I would say that was a big surprise. Jimmy Butler going to Miami and D'Angelo Russell going to, to Golden State. But see, the Heat right and now? the the Heat and the Rockets were the two destinations, the, the 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 two teams that were being mentioned. Houston more so than Miami, but I I wasn't surprised by Butler going to the Heat. So 
I, I guess, yeah, let's just jump into this, you know, the free agency because it's a free agency friendly, at frenzy. Brooklyn won the day, clearly, getting KD, getting uh, DeAndre Jordan, getting Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, I, and then, you know, Butler going to Miami. Uh, so, so some of these are sign-in trades. You know, Malcolm Brogdon going from Milwaukee to Indiana. I think that's very good. I think Indiana... Already a good defensive team, just got that much better on the defensive side. Though they lose Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, to Utah, which I like that combined with the Mike Conley trade. I think or I think Utah gets substantially better. Um, but yeah, then then D'Angelo. Ru- I mean, there's so many moves you could get into, but then D'Angelo Russell getting traded from Brooklyn for the salary cap reasons and purposes and whatnot to Golden State, and then because Golden State's over the line, I don't know how the NBA works with their stupid salary cap system, luxury tax, and all these you know how this you money falls. Whatever you want. I, like if you go over the salary cap, then sure you're going to pay a hell of a penalty. Right. And Golden State they paid that penalty, and it's been more than worth it to win a couple titles. But somehow. And I think they're, they're gonna, they're but, going to be over again and they'll pay the penalty. But they, but they had to ship Andre Iguodala to the Grizzlies along with a first-round pick because of the Russell trade. So I, I don't understand the NBA and all, all that whole spiel. But after everything happened, and then, you know, we have, a, I guess, Hassan Whiteside is now in Portland. And, uh, you know, Julius Randle's in New York. And we got all this shit going on here. J.J. Reddick, you want to I mean, New Orleans. To New Orleans, yes. Yep, Al Horford. I mean, I was, I, Al Horford goes oh, to Philadelphia. Right, Kyrie. Of, of all the deals, of all the deals, like Al Horford interests me nothing. Why are you giving a guy who's thirty-three years old, averaging thirteen and seven? Why are you giving him twenty-five million a year? Why are you giving him close to a hundred million for four years when he's going to be been, 34, 35, and thirty-six? Been in the playoffs what? all twelve years in his of his NBA career. Good for him. What What are we doing with all of these moves? Why are we spending a hundred million for the next four years for a guy who is going to be thirty-six at the end of this, and I assume will struggle to average double digits I, in points? Uh, like what? I don't. I don't. That doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, no, and I think for Philadelphia, say, and you know, apparently ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski says that the 76ers got better. Charles Barkley thinks the 76ers are the team to beat in the NBA, and I think he's just touting it and being a homer. Yeah, that's what he said on Get Up. Apparently on Monday, there's no way, no way that the Philadelphia 76ers. From the you know before free agency began to right now, there's no way that they got better. They lost Butler and Reddick and gained uh, you know Josh uh, Josh uh, Richardson and Al Horford. Good for you. You lost a shooter, yeah, and you lost a you know a guy who's a bit of a hothead, but he's still. I don't understand because you. Unless Ben Simmons is going to develop a jump shot and a three-point shot in the offseason, and unless Joel Embiid, if you can guarantee me he's going to be hundred, you know, healthy 100% of the time and all season long, hell no. The 76ers did not get better. In fact, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They maybe, they maybe got a tish better or otherwise a little bit worse. Otherwise, they just stayed put. They, they, they did not do anything to tilt their, tilt the scales in their favor one way or the other. Time to buy the Harris to a lot of money. Largest contract in team history. So he got paid. They want to get Simmons paid. 
Like, Embiid, he needs to stay healthy because he's their best guy. I mean, they were right there with Toronto. They were at Game 7, so they were close to an Eastern Conference Final. So they were right there. Like, getting battle, they kind of stayed put to me, it was Jimmy Butler. And whether Butler is a positive or negative, ultimately, I don't know. Now he gets a bad rap once in a while, but... Like, the Alford thing doesn't make much sense to me. Like, with Minnesota, they're trying to get rid of Wiggins, but obviously nobody wants him because not any good. I mean, I mean, they tried. I mean, they tried to steal. They got Jimmy Butler, and people were excited. They tried to do it, and they did it. And they were good. They were better. They made the playoffs, and then he got hurt, and then, well, things, the Rockets kicked their ass. But they got better. They, they tried it, and it just didn't happen. So, I mean, they're not sniffing the playoffs. I guess a lot of people think the East got a whole lot better. I don't see that. Who did, who did they have? They added Kevin Durant. Did they, did they have somebody else that I'm missing? They had a bunch of guys in the East switch teams. They had Jimmy Butler switch teams. They had Kimmel Walker switch teams. But I think I think maybe that's why they said it, because now the Kyrie teams that the, the teams that missed the uh, – the, the playoffs last year, like the Miami Heat, they get Jimmy Butler, so they're going to be better. They make a playoffs? I mean, unless they yes. make another move. No, I, like I, if they get Bradley Beal, then yeah, they're making the playoffs with Bradley Beal and Jimmy Butler. But uh, I think those, I, I, I like the Celtics more than I think most people from yes. what I've read. Yep. I like the Celtics. What? Uh, Did you, okay. Kyrie Irving doesn't do anything for me. Kyrie Irving doesn't do a fucking thing for me. I, like, he goes to the Nets. Yeah. I don't think the Nets are going to be. I don't think the Nets are a top four seed. Okay, apart from D'Angelo Russell, though, the Nets didn't lose anybody. You know, they they didn't. They were able to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving well, and DeAndre it. Jordan. They they DeAndre were able to get, they, but they were able to get them all without having to sacrifice additional players outside of D'Angelo Russell. They got that they lost their best player for a guy who. Okay, if, if you're the Timberwolves or if you're Team X, would you rather? Do you want Kyrie Irving or do you want D'Angelo Russell? Everybody would say Irving is better. He's slightly older. He's not. I don't. He's not a number one guy. No. D'Angelo Russell's not a number one guy, but he's an all star. He's twenty three. Yep. Four years in. Like Kyrie Irving has not shown me anything. Right. This is Boston. Boston. You know, we, we, we talked about. You know, are the Warriors better with or without Kevin Durant? And well, they're better with him. Obviously. Yes. Yep. Is, is Boston better with better with or without Kyrie Irving? I think they're better without him. They almost reached the finals last year without him, and this year they they were not yeah. good. No, so no. Get him out of there. Kimba Walker in there. I think Boston will be I, substantially better without I, Kyrie Irving. I don't. I'm I'm looking at it more the total package of losing Horford and Irving. I don't know if Kimba Walker can. I think Al Horford can, makes a difference. I. I don't think that Walker can replace the combined production from Kyrie Irving. I think, oh, yes. Oh, I, yes. I, they, got, they, they picked up Enos Cantor for a pack of gum and a pack of gum. What, like two years, $10 million? Yeah. Enos Cantor will, will outperform Al Horford statistically next year. And yeah. will, I believe, Kimball Walker outperform Kyrie Irving. I think production-wise, they don't lose anything. Yeah, the, the Enos Cantor thing is uh, that that is a good signing for them. I I absolutely like, agree. Oh, with I you. like him. Like I, I really like him. I really like him. 
guy, guy told me today he's going to be in Mitchell doing a basketball camp. I don't know if I believe that, but we'll see. Hopefully, if he's here by the end of the summer. But with him, I don't, I don't think he's very good defensively. I don't, I don't think. He's gone to Oklahoma City. He's gone to the Knicks. He's Portland. Now he's with Celtics. Two years and ten million. How does Enos Cantor get two years and ten like nothing? Basically the minimum. I know. He averages. He plays twenty. 25 minutes a game, he averages 13 and 8. Last year he averaged, you know, a double-double. Numbers, he averages Al Horford numbers. He averages the same as Al Horford. He is seven years younger. How the shit does Al Horford get $100 million? And Enos Cantor, uh, production-wise, is the same and fewer minutes, seven years younger. He's been with four teams already. Guaranteed gets you 13 and 10 every night. I, you know what, Chris? I think you're kind of uh, I, I, this is why the NBA is dumb. It's it's it's, it's dumb. It, there's no other way around it. Uh, how did how did Timothy Mozgov get fifty two million for <laughs> years from the Lakers a couple I don't, years ago? I don't know. Fifty million for Mozgov. Is, is he the even last in, guy on your bench? Is he even in the NBA anymore? I don't even know. Like that. I think he is. Who knows what team he's on? He's traveling with the Lakers. So, Some of these moves are like, why the fuck wouldn't you want Enos Cantor for $5 million? Yeah. Uh, I don't Denver, like... Denver got... Denver catch Paul Millsap for $30 million for one year, which is... That's too much to pay Paul Millsap for that at the end of his career. Yep. But it's a one-year deal. But it's one year. Like, if, 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 if you ask me, do I want Paul Millsap for $30 million for one year, or Al Horford, $100 million for four, I'm taking Paul Millsap. Because I don't have to worry about it next year. Yep. Um, and so I just tweeted this out. I'll, I'll try and do this again, you know, over the next few days here at Free Agency. I just tweeted out. This is how the... Because I think it, it changes so much with, you know, these free agents going everywhere. I just tweeted out these would be my playoff teams today. I don't know if you saw the tweet or not. Um, what's that? You did? Okay. Um, I don't know how much you agree with it. The East, I would have Toronto 1, provided Kawhi resigns. The Bucks would be 2, Brooklyn 3, Indiana 4, Philadelphia 5, Miami 6, Boston 7, Atlanta 8. Just And I really like Atlanta with Trey Young. You get Cam Reddish. And they, have a, they have a lot of young talent there. The nucleus of that is going to be a very good team. In the West, I put the Rockets 1 just because of the injuries to Golden State. Utah Jazz, I really like what Mike Conley and uh, Donovan Mitchell uh are coming with now, um, you know, Rudy Gobert, uh, Golden State three because I'm not going to drop the the Warriors lower than that because Clay Thompson will come back. Portland four, Denver five. I bet you have some issues there. Oklahoma six, uh, Oklahoma City six, Memphis seven, and I I gotta tell you that some guy commented like yeah, he's that got. Was a surprise. That was. I, I don't think they're good. Well, okay. Let, let me tell you though, that between Justin Jackson Jr. from uh, Michigan State last year, then you get John Morant this year. You add in some, uh, you know, additional pieces. They they just signed, uh, re-signed Valanciunas, who they got from Toronto in the Marcus All trade last year. They got him uh, under contract. They have, you know, um, you know, now they get Andre Iguodala. We'll see what. I We'll I see. don't think Iguodala's staying there. I don't know. If, but that's why I'm saying that as of, like, as of now, like this will change. Inevitably, the Memphis Grizzlies won't remain in there. Uh, 
But if they do, I like Memphis to make that run this year. I like, you know, and the, and the teams just outside New Orleans, uh, I would have them at nine because I like what they did with the J.J. Redick signing. I like, you know, Dallas getting Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. And, I mean, they got, they, they, they got guys there. Um, you know, hell, even Phoenix to be able to get Ricky Rubio. And, and I, I'm not they saying – Ricky Rubio? Yeah, the Suns got Ricky Rubio. All right, he doesn't do anything for me, but but they 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 right they they're bad. But I'm just saying that the West is so difficult that inevitably these will change. But I just I like the complexion that this Memphis team has and where it's going. Um, there's so much left. It's just one day. Like I said, this is going to totally change. Um, I don't know if the West will. I don't know if the West will change a whole lot between Monday and Tuesday. Uh, the East, I'm going to change some. Uh, but, like I say, it, this is all subject to change. But right now, I, it's just funny how people are, are just taking way too seriously. Oh, he's got the Memphis Grizzlies. He doesn't have the Lakers in there. You're right, because they have four guys on their roster. And if, unless you're going to play four guys all year long... Uh, which, uh, good luck. I mean, right now they don't have a complete team, so why would I put the Lakers in right now? It's how teams are currently constructed. Well, uh, I, put the, I think you got to put the Lakers in the top three. I'm not putting them until they get more ball, more players. They have four yeah. players right now. Four. They're just, just with or without time. They're the favorites out of win the whole thing. So, if you assume why, okay, why would you put Toronto number one? I say provided Ka- Kawhi resigns there. But he's not there yet. He was with them, though. That's what, that's the whole point. Until he leaves them, I'm... Well, I mean, you know the Lakers are going to sign guys and get a team. So I would, even if they, even if they're, even if they have the three guys they have now with the other bunch of random dudes, I'd have to put them at least third. I mean, Houston, Golden State, Lakers. I don't think... I don't... I would think that is your top tier. And then you've got the Portlands and the Utahs and the Denvers and the Oklahoma Cities in your second tier. And then your bottom tier, I, I don't like Memphis. Uh, Kings are nice, but I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't like Dallas. Yeah. Um, you like I, New I Orleans. Like I really like New Orleans. I think yep. New Orleans... I kind of like them last year when Anthony Davis always gets hurt. Yep. Like, I really like them. I, they might be my team next year, New Orleans. So, it, I think uh, New Orleans so you, makes the playoff, and you throw a team in like Dallas. I think in Dallas. Yep. And that's fine. But you just mentioned that the Lakers should be three because of what they have. And then you just said the Anthony Davis always gets hurt with New Orleans. Why would I that know. not be the case? No. If he gets hurt with the Lakers, the Lakers are screwed. Yeah. If LeBron gets hurt with the Lakers, the yeah. Lakers are screwed. Because they don't have anyone right now. If they can get some good... Hell, I heard J.R. Smith is a possibility for the Lakers. <laughs> J.R. Smith and LeBron James together again. Won't that be comedic? I, I just don't know what the Lakers have right now. I, they have four players on their active roster right now. They'll fill it out with a bunch of random-ass dudes. I don't think the Lakers are going to be as good as everyone says they're going to be if it's just LeBron and Anthony Davis. I, yeah, I, if it's just those two, then 
then it's not a you know then it's not a guarantee they win. But if they get Kawhi Leonard, then right. you're in a right. And that situation. and if they, they have three, they have three of the top ten guys, and unless an injury occurs, and they're going to win at least the title. Right, least probably. And if they if they get Kawhi Leonard, then I will retweet these playoff teams out, and then they would be number one. Yeah, from not even in it to number one. But they have to sign these guys, Chris. I'm not just going to go away. I'm going with what teams have right now or what they had. I, I'm just going with the – and that's, I understand the Toronto point, but that that's why I have it right now. So I, I would put the Lakers in there. I would take Memphis and the Kings out. I like Dallas and uh, – I really like New Orleans. So I think yep. there's three tiers. Yep. Three tiers, like I mentioned, in the West. The East, I would probably flip flop the Nets and the Celtics. That, like the Nets were yep. the, the Nets were the sixth seed last year. Like as, as much player, some, some players changed. Yep. Like besides the Lakers, nobody made themselves a title contender. Like, who, who made themselves, okay, we look at last year, Golden State, they're the favorites. Yep. And we think, everybody thinks Houston's the second best team. And really nobody else, nobody else in the West does anything. Right. In the East, you had all those four teams. And all those four teams stayed about the same. Boston, about the same, I think. Uh, Philadelphia, we think they're the same. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee, we think they're the same. And Toronto, should they get Kawhi Leonard, we also think they are the same. So uh, as far as all of this movement and everybody going crazy and this guy went here, like that a lot changes. Like who's who's winning the title? It's like you got you got a, a, a few teams. Who 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 now goes into that list? It's the Lakers, and that's it. Nobody else from the East made themselves a contender. Nobody's in the West. People like Utah. What did well, I do? Okay, so. Now, so we've got a lot of teams that's more evened out now. Yep. So it's you know, we've got six teams or seven teams that could legitimately win. So you've got maybe one or two if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. But with all this movement and all this news, nobody who helped them. I, mean, I think New Orleans helped themselves more than anybody besides well, the Lakers. Okay, but but what did New Orleans? Didn't New Orleans just get JJ Redick? Who else did they get? Zion Williamson. They got Brandon Ingram. They got Alonzo Ball. Okay, okay, you're talking about that. I was talking. I thought you were just talking about in free agency. Before no, I, 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 you're, you're factoring I mean, the New trade. Orleans. Yep, yep, yep. No, I. New Orleans. Yep. They, they, I think they got. Stash, yeah, there's a couple other. You know, they got uh, Derek Favors. I think from uh, Utah. So they've got. They what? Do they still have Drew Holiday? Yep. They got him. Yep. I mean, hey, that's that's good. Yep. Those seven guys, all with those seven guys. Yep. No, that's that's a very good, very good Thank point there. Right. Um, I would I would say right. Honest, I, I would say right honest. now the, the the Nets are not a championship contender probably this year, unless KD can come back for the playoffs, and I, I doubt he yeah. would be able to. They are a championship contender the year after though, and the year after that. However long KD. Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan are all there. Like, that's a big three. However, however, the Nets tried this bef- once before, you might recall, when they tried to get the old wow. big three, you know, Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett, uh, Ray Allen, and didn't they get Paul Pierce to Brooklyn, too? Yeah, those yeah. guys were done. No, and I, and I get that. So, But they've, yeah. they've made a splash like this before, 
This is different if Kyrie or if, if uh, Kevin Durant can come back from injury, but I just, I just think that the Nets didn't have to subtract much, and they got a whole surplus of talent. So, um, I'm I'm all I think the Nets are good. I think if I had to if I swap them between Monday and Tuesday, I'll put the Celtics up to no lower than six because of the Enos can because of the Enos Cantor trade. Um, you know what? I might even vault them. This I might vault them to five and move Philadelphia to six, Miami to seven. Yeah. Like I'm not putting the Nets like my top four in the East from last year. I think are the same top four this year: Toronto, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston. Like those four teams are better than anybody else. Yeah, I, like Kyrie Irving doesn't stay healthy either. Right? I he doesn't stay healthy. Like DeAndre Jordan doesn't do much for me. Who's the guy they got? They got a guy from Texas, big hairs. They got Jared Allen. He's pretty good. Yeah. Like, is he, is he not just not going to play as much? Because you got goddamn 30 year old DeAndre Jordan, who I think is kind of taking a step back here. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. They, they got him on the track, 40 million for four years. That's reasonable. Uh, the team signed Harrison Barnes. What the fuck for? Harrison Barnes with the L Horford contract to four years, 90 million. What Harrison Barnes? Getting the paid. 13, 13, 14 points a game. No, make that make not a goddamn a difference, Harrison Barnes. Why are we spending twenty five a year on Harrison Barnes to take up a spot when we could get somebody much better than that for a lot less than that? He's another guy. Him and Al Holford are two contracts. They're like, why are we spending this on this guy? Uh, I don't know, bud. I don't know. I, 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 I like. There's a guy. Uh, I like it. Guy with the magic. You like Harrison Barnes? I I think that it makes a good. I think it's a good move for the Kings. Uh, t- the Kings are a really good up and coming young team, full of young talent. You know the, you know the De'Aaron Foxes of the world. They need some times that like veteran presence. I think Harrison Barnes could do that. I don't know if it's four million, four years, ninety million worth, but you, half these guys that are getting these big contracts, Crins don't deserve half the money that they're getting. They they just don't. So I'm not going to fault. I'm not going to no, fault. He does, like, he deserve, I think he was with them last year. They traded for him last year. Do, didn't do, do you think Tobias Harris is worth 180 million? Because if so, I got some uh, some prime real estate for you in uh, in uh, Antarctica. What is he worth? He's not worth 180 million. I what would, would you think? Is Four years, uh, four years, hundred. Uh, four years, one hundred and forty million dollars tops. I'd probably go like oh, four. I'd, I'd say like one hundred and twenty million. He is not one hundred and eighty million dollars. I'd, I'd say one hundred and twenty tops. Chris Middleton. Yeah, that's another one I don't get. I don't. I don't. I. Very. I mean. I don't. I don't. Probably their second, second best player, probably. Yeah, I get. So that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. If Damian Lillard, who's an all-star, like a borderline top ten guy, if he's getting like fifty million a year, yep. If he's getting four years, two twenty. If the goddamn Hornets, like, I mean the Hornets, they didn't sign Kemba Walker. They're just floating the breeze. Like Kemba Walker got four for one forty. Yeah, what did Terry Rozier get? Because that was the sign and trade with the Celtics. So he got yeah, like, like a three year was it three year fifty six million or four year fifty six million, something like that? Like Julius Randle got three for sixty. That seems like a, that's fine, perhaps. <laughs> Good job, Knicks. Good job. Like there's no doubt the Knicks are slightly better, but uh swing and a miss oh, on your big would surprise you if the Knicks made the playoffs. Yes. Yes. What? 
Oh, yes, it would it would shock the hell out of me. That's not a good team. Hmm. I don't think they're. I mean, I like Julius Randle. I'd say 30, 35, is, 35 is their ceiling, but I'll take the under on 30. Who's the worst team in the East right now, other than the Knicks? The Washington Wizards? I think we could say that with every bit of confidence. The Cleveland Cavaliers? Cleveland. The Bulls aren't good. The Bulls Cleveland's aren't. Bad. So, I mean, it's those three teams and then the Knicks. The, if, the rest of the East just going to feast on these guys. Like, Detroit's not a good team, but, the, hey, they got Derrick Rose. That's another thing I don't yeah. understand. Why did the Timberwolves let Derrick Rose go? Like, they, he was good for them last year. I, I, yeah, they need, they need a point guard. Who's there? Uh, Tyus they Jones? Tyus Jones? Yeah, Wolves miss their boats. And then, um, you know, you let Taj Gibson, a guy who was high energy, he was good defensively, you let him go to New York. I mean, that's a good that's a good signing for the Knicks, but it's not KD, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan good. They're in that, no. no. The, Knicks, the Knicks traded for Zingas, who's the best player they've had in, like, 20 years. And why? Because James Dolan, their owner, is a stupid shit. He's stupid. Yeah, he's the worst owner in sports. They traded their best player they've had in a decade for nothing so that they could open up spots for nobody to be there. So, like, nobody wants to go to the Knicks. I don't know how, how many times they have to do this before they realize that they need to draft a guy. Nobody wants to go there. Yeah, they, yeah, they have they've signed like five guys here during free agency. Oh, uh, let's see. Who else did they get? Julius Randle was at uh, Alfred Payton. Was he a guy? I mean, they got they're, they're better. Wait, yeah, Wayne. Okay, there's Wayne Ellington. By the way, I, I mean, Seth Curry signing with the Mavericks. I think will t- I, I will push Dallas and New Orleans probably into the West. Now in my Seth Curry doesn't do anything for me. He's no. a he's a he's an accurate three point shooter, Krenz. That that's what you gotta. Dude, yep. Uh, yeah, Alfred Payton. Ooh, that was something for the Knicks. So yeah, they're they're terrible. Just they're bad. I mean, Seth Curry. That's four for thirty-two. He averaged eight points last year. No, he doesn't. No, he's a bench guy. No, it's for much as things change. Really, not a whole lot changed except maybe the Lakers. But, you know, NBA, they, they, they do have the best offseason. Yep. They've got the most active, uh, for whatever reason, we like it the most. Because we're talking games. about it. A lot of things happened. So it was, it was exciting. I'll see where Kawhi Leonard goes. And I just have a hard time believing that we're going to go through all of this and the Lakers aren't going to get them. Because if the Lakers don't get them, then, then, then what? Then they're in the mix. They're there with Golden State. They're there with Houston. I can't say that they're better. Then them, LeBron's going to be in season 17. Anthony Davis usually misses about 15 a year. Uh, they can't shoot. They don't have any defense. Me saying this when they don't even have a goddamn roster. Right. So we'll see what happens, but if I had to pick a... Uh, well, I mean, if the Lakers get Kawhi, I mean, they'll, they'll be the favorites. Well, if yeah. He goes to Toronto, if he goes to Toronto, I'm picking Golden State again. I'm picking Golden State again. 
I won't. I will pick uh, Toronto to to make it out of the East for sure, and I'll probably pick them against uh, maybe the Jazz. The Jazz? You're gonna pick the fucking Jazz to go to the finals? <laughs> I just what? said that to get. I just said that to get under skin. Holy fuck! You're picking the Jazz. I'm not picking. I am not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking the Jazz. Not taking the Jazz. So we'll talk. Does Chris Paul still hate Harden? Does Chris Paul still hate Houston? No, apparently not. What happened to this? What happened to this? Is he going to get traded? If everything goes to shit, does he end up with Lakers? Is he the third guy that? Like, what happened to Houston? Like, Houston wanted to get Jimmy Butler, and they were going to trade Capella, and they were going to do movements to, to open up some spots. Because Chris, I mean, uh, Chris Paul's going to make, I think it's like $47 million when he was 37, or like $42 million when he was 37. Nobody wants that. I don't want that. Right. But he'll get paid that. I mean, this looks like it's the last run for Houston next year, and next year look like it might be the last run for Toronto. Uh, before they lose like a Lowry and a Mark Gasol. So, in Golden State, I think that was the biggest price. Golden State went from, are they going to make the playoffs to, they got an all-star point guard. They got a number, number three guy, and Clay Thompson comes back, and they're going to be just as good as anybody else. It's fascinating, so. and we'll see how it all unfolds here throughout the upcoming weeks. Uh, anything else before we say so long? What are you doing for the fourth? Uh, I'm working the day before and the day after, so I'm not going to do a whole lot. Okay. Well. You know, I mean, I guess this is me, but I guess, you know, when you're older, holidays don't mean a whole lot. Wait. Like, Christmas doesn't matter, maybe because you got you got a kid now, so Christmas might be a little bit more. But, like, Christmas obviously got to a point where it didn't mean much. It's Christmas. Like as a kid, Christmas, Jesus Christ, you waited all goddamn year for Christmas. Right, yes, absolutely. No, but I get out of Well, right, because you're celebrating Jesus' birthday, too. Sure. Go, go ahead. And you got, you got Thanksgiving and that. Thanksgiving still might be pretty big. Thanksgiving's oh, my favorite holiday. Why? I, well, I tell you what, though, we do. A, it's Kelsey's family's favorite holiday, Fourth of July. I'm talking about. We do, really? we do, we shoot off a whole bunch of fireworks. We, uh, you know, grill out. Uh, I've orchestrated a beanbag tournament now. This is its third year, okay. uh, so uh, you know they get well, excited I, about I, I, that. I, I, like, you, what's that? I'm sure if, if if my family did something like that, I'm sure I would be. It'd be it'd be more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they've they've grilled set like we had gator a few years back. It's fairly tasty. Yeah, they talked about rattlesnake. I don't think that's going to happen, but no, it's going to be great. Uh, but we will uh, reconvene next week to discuss more twins, more NBA free agency, see what else. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Team USA playing uh, England in the Women's World Cup. Are they going to win? And then they're going to beat. Uh, are they gonna Are they gonna win the women's World Cup next week? Will the Team USA be champions of the world? Yeah. 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 Very good. I, and, I do like the one lady. The one lady with Trump. I like her. I Megan Rapino. Yep, I like her. I was good. Um, right. Do you think he's going to? Do you think? Do you think he's going to Toronto? Ka- Kawhi. Yes, I do. I think he's going to Lakers. We'll see you next week. We'll have it. We'll know next week, and uh, 
We will uh, one of us one of us can gloat to the other. Yes. <laughs> anything else wanted. anything else before we say so long? Uh, we had some debates the other night. There were a lot of people on the stage yelling. Lots uh, uh, with these debates. Yeah. Did you see any of these debates? Uh, some. Um, I, I actually caught more of it from the Daily Show. They did their right. live show afterward. Um, too many candidates. Too many. We got about four or five serious ones. Um, I'd agree. I would like. I would like Kamala Harris to be the next president. That's who I would like. Yeah, she'd be she good. She's a big winner in the debate. Yep. And uh, so Biden's Biden's the, the, the front runner, and he's taking a step back. You're still at number one. I think Bernie will be number two or three again. Elizabeth Warren is in the mix. Pete Buttigieg, maybe that fifth guy. I think we got four or five serious dudes. I think Kamala Harris, I, I hope and I think she'll be the next president. I think... That's, that's, that's what I prefer. I th- either way, they're going to all be unified in their one common goal once they get through I this. Can't imagine, I can't imagine they lose again. I just can't. Yeah. You couldn't... You couldn't Fuck up more than fuck up is fucked up. He just can't. He just can't. So, well, it's funny. I was so in this debate. They they asked the guy a question. He's like, "Are you talking to me?" He's like a, like the twenty seconds. He was some candidate from like I think it was a guy from Colorado, like the, the governor or senator or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, that should tell you right now that you shouldn't be in this. If if you if they look directly at you and ask you a question and say your name and you're like, "Oh, you're talking to me." Get the hell out of this yeah. thing. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, I mean, they're having another debate, I think, in a month or two. Like, we, we need to we need to whittle this down. Just because you're getting 1%, that doesn't mean you got to be on there. No. Absolutely we, not. We know what the contenders are. There's always surprises. They didn't even have all the candidates out there. Oh, we're all are They only had 20, of the, they had 20 of the 24. And the other people are people you've never heard of. I ain't heard of half this field. <laughs> Who? I didn't even hear. I hadn't heard of half of the field to begin with. There was a one lady up there. It was ridiculous. Yes. I, I think I didn't. Seen some of them, and then you get to know a few of them. But there's only there's only four or five you need to know of. I think if Joe Biden would win, Kamala Harris would be the vice president. I she wins, I agree. I don't know. Her, I don't know who her vice president is. <clears throat> but I, I hope she wins. She's uh, in the first round here of Benny. She uh, impressed a lot of people. She and did. Of all the people to debate Trump, I want this. This, mm-hmm. her and him, it, it'd, be, it'd be three slaughters in a row. Put him in a ring. Put him in the ring. Let him in this corner. It, it'd be tremendous to watch. <laughs> so we got that going on. And um, so there we are. There you go. Happy birthday, America. All right. All right. All right, very let good. Me my- let me be the only person to wish you a happy Canada Day on this July 1st. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, friends to the north, uh, with glowing hearts, we see thee rise. The true north, strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Sure. <laughs> very good. Thank you, my friend. Have a great week. Have a great fourth. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Very good. Travis Grins joining us here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and perspective as always. Yeah, big stuff is the free agency. Uh, I made my disdain for the Lakers known. Uh, we, we differ on some free agent moves and stuff, but 
that's how it's going to... That's fascinating thing. And there will be more free agency news to talk about because that's far more interesting than the NBA season, than the regular season, than the playoffs, than the NBA finals. It's the NBA free agency. It's so it's very, very intriguing. We do have stuff, other stuff to talk about, though. NHL free agency and uh, some U.S. women's soccer talk. Sounds like it. Uh, we'll do that with Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. Right after I tell you that you can listen to the Sports Block podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at uh, Nathan Stacken. Follow Travis at Travis Crins. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. We'll have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, Marcus Traxler at Marcus Traxler from the on Twitter. Uh, well, he's, that's his Twitter handle from the Mitchell Daily Republic. U.S. Women's Soccer. FIFA World Cup champions, and some NHL free agency talks. Puck talk. Pitch talk. It's all coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and please be joined by my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, none other than Marcus Traxler. Marcus, let me be among the last or first to uh, wish you a happy 4th of July week. You are among the first, and let me be among the first wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you. Thank you so much and happy Hanukkah to you and yours. Um, yeah, so I put out an APB for a, for a Minnesota professional basketball team. I don't know if you can help me with that. Uh, put your um, j- good journalism skills to work here, but I got you on to talk about uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup and we got some NHL free agency news, but uh, before I get into that, do you have any thoughts on NBA free agency thus far? I think it's interesting, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I, I don't know how you how you feel about the Wolves aspect of this. I think people kind of got excited by the idea that D'Angelo Russell wanted to be with the Wolves, but ultimately I, I think this kind of comes back down to the same issue the Wolves have always had, in that it's tough to get people that want to play in Minnesota, and, uh, you know, Russell wanted to be there, but ultimately the Warriors had the goods to swoop in and, and make a play for him, um, and... They, they found themselves, in, I think, in a position where this Wiggins contract, you know, everybody kind of knows what sort of burden it's been. I don't think they've it ever sucks. felt it to, the, to this degree, mm-hmm. and uh, they are now, I mean, because it's it's uh, an anvil. And, I, you know, I, I just think I, I keep coming back to uh, sort of balancing two thoughts. They go together, uh, you know, speaking about the NBA in general. These contracts are so big, but, you know, you really only can fit about three big contracts you know, and then you've got to start putting, you know, minimum guys or scratching it together. After that, Lakers, if they get Kawhi Leonard, are going to be in that position. They're basically going to have all minimum contract guys. Yep. Because uh, they're going to have three max contracts. I, I just think, you know, it's good that everybody's making all this money. But, man, is, is this, you know, if you make one false move, and the Wolves have made a couple because they've basically they got three bad contracts, and those are the ones that are keeping them from making any moves, and Gorgie Jang. Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. you're stuck. I mean, you're just stuck. You got to find somebody that'll take take those guys. And the Wolves are in a very tough position now. I, I don't know. You know, I, they're going to be if there's 15 teams in the West, they're going to be in that bottom five tier. You know, of of uh, you know those teams at the bottom, and that's going to hurt because uh, you're just kind of wasting another year of of, uh, of Kansas Prime, obviously. Yep. And so. Um, it's a difficult position for them to be in. I, I don't know any other way around it. Yeah, I think I saw that the Lakers signed a guy today. Uh, 
Troy, Troy Daniel or something. I'll try and get that up here. I, they now have four guys on the active roster, so that's uh, that bodes well for them uh, in the future. But uh, last week, I was following along uh, with the American and the the French, uh, the the semi or the the quarterfinals in the FIFA Women's World Cup. And I just had to tweet out, Megan Rapino is such a baller. She is fantastic. Like, she's taken over the FIFA Women's World Cup as far as I'm concerned. We know about Alex Morgan. We knew about Megan Rapino, But she is taking it to a whole nother level here for the Americans, don't you think? Yeah, absolute star. I mean, she's, uh, you know, like you said, she was a known commodity before this. But um, she's just taken off in this in this particular set of games. And, um, you know, we talked uh, previously about, um, I believe we talked about uh, the whole balance between Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan because yep. basically they play the same position. They both couldn't be in there. You know, the idea that you're basically going to have the dominant goal scorer of the last World Cup on your team but isn't going to start a ton um, or play a ton was a weird position to be in. And, you know, when we last talked, it was, wow, look at the performance Alex Morgan had had. Um, and, and since then, it's been all Megan Rapinoe. I yep. mean, back to back games now where she's had two goals, um, both of them pretty much brilliant in the uh, quarterfinal win over France. And, uh, you know, just kind of like you said, baller, uh, the gusto that she plays with, uh, the fact that she's not afraid of it, you know, uh, anybody when the president's the one yep. uh, staring you down via tweet. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and challenging you and basically saying, you know, you, you guys haven't gotten the job done. Um, and she just doesn't care, and that's really cool. I, I think, um, and obviously, it's uh, in the run-up to Tuesday's uh, match with England. It's rubbing some people in England the wrong way, and that's kind of fun. So um, I think it's a, it's a great story. The U.S. just kind of has a habit of doing this where they've got really marketable players. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's really cool that she's this kind of star in 2019, um, somebody who's... Yep gay and out there doesn't yep. care what people think and is just an incredible player uh, has the purple hair going in this in this World Cup and uh, just a very fun player to watch I completely agree with you there in, in watching this match or following along with it the US had a goal called off they had called it offsides and I thought that was a very a potential turning point there because France had just gotten a goal to make it two to one uh, they even looked at it and said that it was no goal, that it was offsides, but the announcers said it wasn't. Uh, I th- Like, to a soccer novice or amateur like my... Or I guess I'm more of an amateur. I'm not a novice. Sure. To, to someone like me, I thought that was a good goal. I don't understand how they didn't... They don't get this. And, you know, the VAR and, and the, you know, the video assistant replay and everything, that doesn't just... I don't think that's working out as well as I think they thought. Or at least it it's doesn't not, to me. It's not, and we're actually having more issues with it in this World Cup than we did last year with the men. Um, and I don't know why that is necessarily. I, you know, it, it certainly was a factor in 2018, but um, we're just having. You know, and I think the biggest thing we, I think we were having the issue with was kind of uh, offside. Like obvious offside was one of the big reasons this was brought in. Um, the, the obvious red card, uh, the obvious handball in the box. Well, yep. We're reaching the point of, of it. You have to ask yourself, okay, that ball hits hits her hand in the box. Is that you know out of her silhouette, so to speak, which is the terminology that is just kind of insane, but that's what they're going with. Um, and the other big issue that they were having was mistaken identity. You know, 
I give you a red card, but it was the other guy, you know, who who should have been thrown out. Um, and we, obviously, we don't, you know, that's an easy fix. That's not a big deal, and we haven't had hardly any of those in this World Cup, which is good. I mean, that's what this yep. is for. But yep. you know, the, the the offside and the handballs become very difficult, and it's just like any sport. You expand the replay, it gets hairy. I yeah. mean, you just start now. You all of a sudden you're splitting hairs that you didn't think you'd be splitting. We're going to talk about hockey, and Lord knows. They've had as many issues with it as anybody. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we talked a little bit about basketball. There's talk of the coaches' challenge coming into play there. Where yep. You'll, you'll be able to challenge foul calls. The NFL has pass interference coming up this year. Right. You, you know, uh, the NBA, you'll be able to ch- challenge fouls, but you won't be able to challenge fouls that weren't called. Yep. And that's just going to be a very – I just think we've kind of unwound the string on replay. I'm not sure – you can't really put the toothpaste back, I don't think. Right. And so it's it's going to be a weird scenario. I, yeah, you know. Ultimately, I think it's probably good to have. It's it's less cumbersome in soccer than I thought it would be. Um, but I prefer. I, I honestly prefer you know the goal line technology, the the Hawkeye to maybe you know do uh, offsides, and then that those four refs have to work together on handballs and and whether red cards should be whatever they are. And uh, but they're they're getting by just fine. It's it's the games that have big stakes, and people are gonna you know feel passionately about calls on all sides. The American Women Course put that thirteen nothing win against Thailand, and a lot of people criticized them for the celebration or running up the score. But I think that put more more attention on them, more folks like, hey, can they do this again? How many goals can they score here and there? And I I wonder if because. In watching this World Cup, to me, I don't think they're playing quite to their fullest capability. Now, maybe it's because the the World Cup's just gotten better. Countries have definitely gotten better and are catching up to the United States. And the United States is that team that you are going to go all out against. Do you think the U.S. has played overall a very good World Cup, or is it have they just been so-so? I would say they've been good to very good. If okay. I would, if I were yep. to put it on the scale, you know, I, I wouldn't call it great, but um, they, uh, Jill Ellis, I'm not going to forget her name here now that I, I messed it up a, a couple shows ago, <laughs> but um, you know, Jill Ellis has juggled the lineups in a big way. Uh, you know, leaving out key players in key matches, and I think part of that speaks to the overall talent they have. I would agree with the point you made. They're going to get everybody's best shot. I mean, they've won this three times, yep. uh, and a lot of that since 1999 I believe or, or since you know, since that great uh, Brandy Chastain goal um, so a lot of a lot of success in recent years you know they're playing um, they're playing England a team that's never won it and a team that's gotten better in recent years in the semifinals France was the host team and a lot of people felt like you know those were two of the best four teams that probably met in those quarterfinals it was probably a bad break for France to play them. Yeah, should, should that game. have been the championship game or the championship match? I mean, I would at least say it probably should have been in the last four. You look at where the teams were ranked in the FIFA World Rankings, which yep. are not perfect, but, uh, you know, they were in the top five, I do believe. So um, that's that's a bad break for the French. And, you know, I've heard some people say that that's going to be their toughest challenge. Um, I would agree if they play the Netherlands in the finals. They've got this weird history with Sweden that we've talked about, so that mm-hmm. could be kind of a challenge. But I think I think the game against England is is the game here. You got to win this one. Uh, they've got some really good players. 
women's European club soccer has gotten bigger. It's it's by no means huge, right. but in the last in the last four years, it's gotten bigger, and I think that's part of the reason that England and France and Germany have been better. So that to me is is going to be part of this. That you know, uh, the teams have gotten better. Everybody knows who the U.S. is, and uh, you know, like we said, they're they're braggadocious. They're not going to back down from these challenges, right? And uh, that, that makes it exciting. I think it's compelling stuff. So the final four that we have, England against the United States, Sweden against the Netherlands, Is it are these truly the four best teams? I mean, we can, I think, probably agree that they aren't because France should be in the mix. Like I said, maybe Germany. But are we? has this kind of unfolded the way we somewhat expected? Yeah, I mean, it feels, it feels mostly right. I mean, I think um, you know, we talked about controversial games japan had one and then they lost to the netherlands and the netherlands are still alive um canada was a really good team knocked out by sweden mm-hmm. in the round of 16 um but ultimately when this is why everybody spends a lot of time on the groups and where everybody gets drawn because uh you ended up with, with a scenario where france brazil and the u.s were all in the same 14 quadrant of this bracket and those are three of the best teams right there uh, yep. by, by by every measure so um, that was a particularly challenging little quadrant of the bracket. Didn't uh, the Sweden US, also? US, say, I, I'm sorry. Didn't Sweden also say that they didn't really care if they beat the U.S. or not in group play because they would have they got on the easier side of the bracket with a loss? Yeah, and I, I think there's there's really nothing wrong with admitting that. You know, when when you reach that stage of the group where both teams know they're getting through, or you're not watching the other match to see who's got to get out of the group. Um, you can sort of position yourselves in. You know, frankly, when one team already won thirteen nothing in the group, the dice kind of cast. You know, yep. so um, you know Sweden uh, picked a picked a good spot to be in, and uh, you know beat a, a pretty solid Germany team to get to this uh, this semifinal. Do does the women's World Cup need to expand to thirty two? Because going twenty four to sixteen, it just it doesn't feel like you're eliminating anyone or like it, teams perhaps are in the knockout stage the knockout rounds that don't deserve to be there does fee does fifa need to either expand from 24 to say 32 or do they need to i don't know cut back how many teams advance well i think inevitably they will expand i mean we've we've already had the conversations about 48 at the men's world Cup. that's too many to uh, me but yeah instead of 32 and yeah yep. you know in, in some parts of the world 48 is the right number. I mean, Europe yep. gets, you know, 11 teams in, and they probably could get more. But um, I think, you know, in this instance, the, the women's game's in an interesting spot. It is growing, uh, but probably not to the point where it's, it should still be at, at 32. I do believe just a few years ago they had expanded to 24. So it's probably still young in that stage. Um, I know there's been some talk because Europe uses the uh, World Cup is an Olympic qualifier, and so France will not make the Olympics because there's uh, the three teams that are in the semifinals are the ones that are going to the Olympics. Oh man, uh, fr- from Europe. So that's a that's a big loss for France, one of the better teams not going to the Olympics. But uh, they only have 12 teams, and there's talk that you know they need to go to 16 or whatever. So uh, it is kind of a weird position to be in. I would say expansion makes sense. FIFA's never going to say no to the money, and. Uh, you know, let's let's get on with it to 32. I do agree that the the shrinking from 24 to 16 for the knockout round is always a weird weird step. At the end of the day, Fourth uh, of July is going to come and go here the next week. 
are the U.S. champions? I think so. I mean, I think by almost any measure, they're the best team that's left. Now, you know, two separate 90-minute matches, extra time, penalty shootouts, who knows? That stuff gets weird. But mm-hmm. uh, provided they do their thing and the way their best players are playing right now, it would be hard to say that the U.S. isn't going to walk away with this. Let's switch from the pitch to the ice. Uh, big trade happened during the NHL draft. Uh, P.K. Subban is now a New Jersey Devil. The Nashville Predators traded him, and I gotta say, I was very stunned by this. I think this really is a great—it's a great move for New Jersey, who seems to be a team on the come, as we might say. For Nashville, obviously, I wonder if this has to do with some salary and stuff, but it's almost as though they're. I know they won't say that they're waving the white flag. They just signed, um, you know, Matt Duchesne today uh, or on Monday. But to me, this is a team that kind of feels they're in a similar situation to the Minnesota Wild, who we'll focus on more in just a second, of, you know, we're going to compete, but maybe we're a year or two away from really getting back up there. Yeah, I think it's it's a weird position they find themselves in. By the way, like you said, it's a great move for New Jersey gives them a very marketable player to add uh, next to, to Taylor Hall, and they have Jack, uh, yeah, Jack, Jack Hughes, Hughes. Right? So, yep. Yep. Um, that they just got in the draft, so that's huge. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the Devils are probably in a position where they've been on this sort of slow rebuild, now they can give it a, a good go. So um, I think from the national side, this was looked at as um, Subban is probably giving them all they can, he, he can get right now. Uh, you unload a, a fairly lucrative contract, and everybody kind of speculated that that's probably to make room for another big contract, and they did with Duchesne, uh, you know, $9 million a year. So that's a big investment and a big risk that they're taking there, but I think that's kind of the signal of we got to make something happen. And you know, we, we, it seems like we talk about this every time we do the podcast, but I think it's completely worth it. Uh, the Central Division is just, it's a meat grinder. Yes. And when you look at the fact that no more than five teams are going to make it out of this division, and there's good teams all over the place. The Wild are going to find themselves in that position, um, and you just had the St. Louis Blues come out of nowhere and win the whole shoot match. Um, that's a that's that probably sends the flags up for everybody. You saw da- Dallas has been aggressive. Uh, Nashville's on the move. Chicago's been tweaking their roster quite a bit. St. Louis is kind of in a weird spot of you know who should we keep? Who should we you know uh, try to let go? Yep. So, you know, I think Nashville's like, we got to get on the horse and go. Uh, I, I think your assessment is probably right that we're in this weird little window and we probably got to make the best of it. Um, so they, they get rid of a, a defensive guy who, you know, holds down your power play, but at, at this point he is becoming, he's more marketable than he probably is useful, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and so you bring in Duchesne, you try to add more offense and make a run for it. Now, the. Uh, Artemi Panarin was, I think, arguably the best free agent out there. He was the sought-after prize. And everyone had been linking him to Florida because that's where his old head coach in Chicago, Joel Quenville, was. It just seemed to make a whole lot of sense. And then people said, well, oh, because it makes so much sense. You know, we're hearing maybe these New York teams are getting in, the Islanders, the Rangers. And it just so happened that the Rangers signed him, and now he's the the highest paid, what, left wing uh, in the game, which, you know, if, if you agree with that or not, that's totally fine. I'm 
completely okay with whatever position you take. But I'm wondering if the Florida, with the announcement that Roberto Luongo retired over the weekend, or, or last week, I should say, if they said they kind of had to alter their plans and say, no, we need to get a goalie here, and that's why they went after Columbus's Sergei Bobrovsky. They just subbed one Blue Jacket for another, and I think it's probably the better move, but it just, I think, has caught some people by surprise. I have to think that that was the reasoning behind it. That they needed one? That, they just had to get one of those guys? I, without right, like, I, I think like the goalie was more of a pressing need because of Luongo's retirement. Uh, than getting, you know, Panarin in. Yeah, and it's funny because earlier this year, uh, I'd say, you know, February, March, definitely after Quenville got in position there for uh, Florida, or when it was obvious, people looked at it and said, you know, Panarin and Bobrovsky could end up there, um, and it could be sort of a reunion of both. So that was out there. That was probably a, a pipe dream. Um, I'll just say this about Bobrovsky. I think he's a great goalie. I think seven years, seventy million, ten million dollars a year is kind of incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he's a, a you know two-time Vesna guy, but uh, that was that was crazy. And uh, you know, I think Panarin is is a player that's probably worth it. Um, he's, he's you know makes sense on the age the age side. Um, I was just reading here. You know, Panarin signs for let me get the numbers correctly. Signs for seven years. 81 and a half million and the the Blue Jackets made a run at eight years 96 million dollars to try to keep them more term and more money um, and I think Panarin probably saw the writing on the wall and, and you know Blue Jackets were in a weird spot um, they, they've been on the, the radar the last few years but really haven't been able to make the big leap in the east so yep. uh, he's going he's going to where there is a little bit more spotlight the Rangers have been kind of an interesting spot um, and John Davidson, the guy running the Rangers, was uh, in Columbus not very long ago running the show for them. So um, it is an interesting position uh, to find himself in. I think he's worth the money. Um, but, you know, again, similar to the NBA, it's great these guys are getting the money. Obviously, this is an NBA money we're talking about. But, right. Um, you know, the, the length of the contracts is always something to watch for. And uh, when you're putting you know, seven, eight, ten years behind a single guy, that's that's quite something. Well, at least one team in Madison Square Garden is doing something right with their money, so that's... Well, somebody, somebody made made the remark, you know, could you imagine being an Islanders slash uh, Knicks fan, you know, the last uh, you know, 48 hours with, with the type of uh, free agency runs they've had, because, yep. like you said, the Islanders thought they were in on the mix, in the mix here to get there, and, and it didn't happen. I think the Colorado Avalanche are probably the team to beat in the Western Conference, at least right now. Uh, you know, they've just made a lot of good moves here lately. D- Dallas gets Joe Pavelski. Uh, so the Central Division, we've said it before, we'll say it again, it's very, very difficult. And then you, and that puts the Wild in a very peculiar spot. I mean, you know, the, I think, I, I don't know if you're on the Fire Fenton bandwagon or not, but I sure am. <laughs> Uh, because he doesn't seem like he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, th- there's talk that, that they were going to try and go after Wayne Simmons and Pavelski. Well, they don't get either of those. They get Matt Zuccarello, who I think is a decent guy. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he was someone that the Stars targeted last year and traded for and, and got him. Then he got injured the first game, made it back for the playoffs. So I think that's a, a decent signing. They get Ryan Hartman, but... I mean, where is this team? I, I would say the 
the Charlie Coyle trade was the best thing that Fenton did last year because it got Ryan Donato, and he seems like he's going to be good. Uh, yeah. We'll see what Kevin Fiala can do. You know, Jason Zucker's dangling out on a string. Like, what? Just what the hell is going on with the, in the state of hockey, and what's the state of the Wild franchise? Because I think a lot of people are frustrated. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. And I do want to make a note. I, I don't know if you saw the Avalanche made the big move uh, not long before we started taking this that they have Nazem Kadri from Toronto. They traded Tyson Berry to, to Toronto. Yep, so I see scoring, that. Another scoring option for Colorado. Yep. Uh, that's a pretty pretty good move for them uh, for a center center guy. I agree. I think Fenton, the strategy here is weird. I, I think he, he's, he seems to be alternating between like we need to be aggressive and go for the playoffs because we've got these guys and you know, you, when you've got six more years of Zucker and, or excuse me, of Suter and Parisi, what else are you supposed to do? With you know, tanking's not going to look. It's not going to be something they want. They want to do. Right. You've got the roster kind of like way overloaded with you know wingers that are on the wrong side, or that you've got too many on one side, and your your best goal scorer over the last few years has been Zucker, and you're dangling him. And on one hand, I get it because he's the guy that got value, but. At the same time, he's well liked and he's your scorer. You might as well, you know, try to keep him. So I think he's kind of boxed in there. Um, I, something that's not talked about, but the coach is kind of in a weird spot here, where yep. uh, it seems like he's he's probably safe, but at any moment he's probably going to be the guy to go. Um, I, it's weird because I think Fenton is in the you know what's people are in the fire Fenton territory, and I don't think you can just dismiss that. But if anybody's going to go, it's going to be uh, Boudreaux. It's not going to yeah. be Fenton. Um, and so that's... I that's think that weird. would even make fans more irate. I think it would. I think it would. And, and um, I, again, Boudreaux, it's weird. He's a well-liked guy. I think, most, like you said, most fans would like to keep him. So they're in a weird spot. I, I've gone back and forth on the Zuccarello thing. Um, a guy who's going to be 32 when the season starts. Yep. Um the whole full new full no move clause with Seattle getting a team here very soon is not good. Uh, yep. That's if Zuccarello does poorly, that's a guy you want to leave susceptible for for Seattle to take. And the fact that they can't do that is going to be a, a bad situation. The middle year of the contract, I think, is seven and a half million, which is going to hurt if he's not productive. Um, you know, at the same time. You know, a year ago, we probably sat here and they did bring back mostly the same core. And we said, what are they doing? You know, are they really going to run this whole thing back again? And they didn't. They changed it up. They got rid of almost the entire core except for Stahl, Zucker, or Stahl, uh, Suter, and Parisi, and Dubnik. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now they've made some changes. And by all means, none of them, some of them have not worked out. The the Niederreiter trade is the most blatant of them all, where you got... Um, Victor you know, Rask. <laughs> you got Victor Rask, and they, they got Pontius Aberg. I mean, they're just not good players. I mean, it's, it, it isn't working. I'm I'm with you on the Donato thing. I think that was a worthwhile trade, and I'm willing to give uh, Fiala a chance. Yes. I, I think he's young enough uh, where, yeah, it sucks that they got rid of Granlund, uh- but... You know, in, in a lot of ways, you look at the guys they had. We've talked about it before. Yep. They weren't going to go any further. They had to try something. Um, but the results have been bad. And I think if they get in a situation where the season starts better or they you know, reach the middle of the year and they really find another gear, it's going to be okay. But uh, the fact that they're entering the season with, by, 
by all accounts, the oldest roster in the NHL is going to be tough. Yeah, and I think we had discussed that, you know, during the season, but it's not just that the trade, yeah, if he's trading him, that's fine, but he's he's not even getting return value in there. Fiala's a good player, but I don't know if he's Grandlin good. You know he's yeah. not re- he's not getting draft picks on top of it. It's just a straight up player for player trade. I'm like what the hell are you doing? I just like I just don't see the vision other than you know it's like a tit for tat sort of move. It, you gotta at least get another player or a draft pick or something. Get some more capital in that so fans can see like okay, at least we have this to go along with this other player who we know is not nearly as good as Grandland or Coyle. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was kind of paying attention to the NHL draft uh, last week when the Wild were picking, mm-hmm. and Fenton made the point that you know the Wild in previous years had had traded far too many of their picks. Uh, we certainly know that that was true. Yep. When they had uh, Mark Hansel, they traded him for a rental for a first round pick. It did not work out, and so um, you know, I think, and yeah, in some ways, yeah, if we're, it's it, it is a difficult situation because you. You're asking yourself, well, are they really building for the future, or are they trying to go now? The owner to give me the, you know, well, we're, we're not going to tank, we, we want to win, and that puts Fenton in a tough spot if we're being fair to Fenton, and so um, I think it's a difficult position they find themselves in. Um, I'm just looking at uh, Michael Russo's story here, kind of looking at the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are the wingers only. You've got Parisi, Zuccarello, Zucker, Fiala, Donato, Luke Cunning. Greenway, Foligno. That's eight right there. That's not counting uh, Ryan Hartman, who they just signed for a two-year deal. And it doesn't count JT Brown, who's probably on the outs. I mean, you only get to play eight guys a night. uh, And that's nine guys right there. And so, um, and it does come back to the other issue that gets talked about. You know, at some point you want to bring in some new blood. It's hard to bring in new blood when you're signing somebody who's 32 years old. You've still got Parisi in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the guys like uh, Greenway and Conan and Felino, those guys aren't climbing up the roster. Donato, Fiala, they're not climbing up the roster when older guys are in the way. So uh, from a roster construction standpoint, this is a difficult position to be in. It was hilarious to read Twitter uh, the last, you know, 36, 48 hours because people are like, what the hell is going on? Just like you were. And I'm, I was the same boat where you're just like, what the hell is the strategy here? But, you know, I think people would have been pissed, too, if the Wild with $17 million in cap space didn't do anything. Yes. So yep. It's, I, just, it's, it's just a very weird position uh, that this team finds themselves in. And I don't have the first clue as to how well this is going to work out, but I guess you give it a shot and see where you can end up. Yep. But I, I agree with you. They're, they're probably in a position where they may be the sixth best team in the, in the division, <laughs> seventh best oh, team in oh. And that's gonna that's gonna hurt. I'm gonna just call, call it right now. Uh, well, we have a few. We have only like two months before the season begins. But my early Stanley Cup pr- prediction is gonna be Colorado versus Florida, uh, a rematch <laughs> of the '95 or '96 uh, Stanley Cup. So, uh, but but we'll see when we get there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Sounds it, Marcus. I always appreciate the time. Have a very safe and happy Fourth of July, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks, Jackson. Marcus Traxler joining us here, Mitchell Daily Republic. Appreciate his time and perspective as always. Great stuff. Uh, you know, for all things Mitchell uh, area, Dakota Wesleyan, uh, the whole kit and caboodle. Go, uh, you know, check out the Mitchell Daily Republic. 
Marcus and company do a fantastic job there as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank God the Twins are doing well, right? Training camp's coming up. I mean, hell, even the Lynx aren't doing good. That's Minnesota's professional basketball team right now. Oh, yeah. At some point, things have to start going right for Minnesota sports teams, right? Like being consistently good, like Boston, like New England. Come on. But we can forget about the sports and everything because it's the 4th of July week. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little blow up earlier and stuff, that's fine. But obviously, it's known disdain for the NBA. Either way, uh, that, that's been this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. So, uh, you know, have a safe and happy 4th of July. Enjoy all the fireworks. Enjoy the time with family and friends. Enjoy the picnics, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, the whole shebang when it comes to the 4th of July. So enjoy your holiday. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Have a safe and happy 4th, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. For Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Happy 4th, everyone. You've been listening to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.